Hi guys, Paul here and welcome to Fat Chat with the Boss. This week's episode is with Stuart Normansell from Man V Fat. Stuart is actually our first male guest to the show. In this episode, Stuart's going to talk to us about his story and his battles with his weight um, that he's had literally from, I think, from about 18 if I remember rightly. Stuart covers loads and loads of things in this episode, not least his journey with his weight and how Man V Fat really helped him with that, but quite openly about the struggles that men face when it comes to mental health and how Man V Fat also helped him with that also. Stuart is absolutely brilliant and he's a really, really good talker and throughout this whole conversation when I went to see him up north, um, we had a really, really good chat and by the end of it I had goosebumps um, and I'm sure you will also in listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from Stuart, um, Man V Fat have actually got their own podcast that Stuart hosts on. Uh, go on iTunes and search for Man V Fat. If you want to know more about Man V Fat, I mean, if you haven't already, it doesn't take much to just Google Man V Fat and you'll find loads and loads of useful articles and information about what the scheme is. Feel free to message us at hello at theboss.org or find us on Facebook. But please sit back um, and enjoy this incredible episode from Stuart Norman. So I left school, no GCC, started working at a hotel. Uh, Fell in love with working behind a bar. Um, and that was it then. I was like, that's all I wanted to do was work behind a bar. So I got into um, that industry and pretty much had a couple of jobs knocking about, but I always had a part-time job at a bar, and then I went full-time. I got an assistant manager's role in a, in a pub at like 18. I was youngest licensee in the country at 18, 300 year days, yeah, yeah, I was in the paper and everything. Um, was working for a company, but was I, was I was a licensee of the new premises. I can't remember, I think the, the company I was working for bought a bar in like, 300 yards from the one they own and they didn't have anyone to run it so they were like we'll get you we'll get you licensed up and you can be the licensee so yeah so I, and that's I just fell into that really um, did that had my own I, I then moved on from that company and, and had my own pub literally stone's throw from here um, at 22 I think it was by then um, 22 I knew how to run a pub but I didn't know how to run a business and the business within two years just crashed and burned. Um, I look back on it, it's weird because I look back on it now and it's, I had a really good time in two years, obviously at 22 with your own pub, it was, it was really good. Um, but so what, so what went wrong? I just didn't know how to, I didn't know how to budget. I didn't know how to budget, I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how the tax was paying, or how VAT worked. Um, like I say, I knew how to run a pub and the pub was, it was a busy pub, I got it up and running, turned it round from what it was, got uh, the kitchen going, the food was brilliant, um, but within two years, the vat man comes knocking and says, I want, you know, a few grand off you, and you're like, what? So yeah, so basically the business failed, the business folded. Um, obviously during that time, you don't live the best lifestyle, so drinking a lot, um, you're eating out a lot, Unsociable hours. Unsociable hours, yeah, you know, some weekends really, 
you finishing at maybe three o'clock in the morning and you're ordering a curry in or a takeaway in and um, active job wise but not active outside of that because it's a lot of words a lot of hours playing still still playing football um, not to any decent level but still still getting about the pitch um, I must have known at that time that the weight was coming an issue because I remember going on the Light of Life programme uh, which was horrendous lost about a stone in a couple of weeks but uh, I was never going to keep it off doing that tell me about that um, yeah the Light of Life programme so basically meal replacement which is shakes uh, you go to um, see your rep every once a week um, in a group just they set you certain tasks and stuff that side of it was okay actually because they're trying to get into why you're overweight um, which is which is, is a good thing but the actual replacing your food with, with, with shakes isn't great and it's just not sustainable um, and we've I, you know I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless you're going for an operation you need to lose weight fast um, so yeah so when the weight comes back on it comes back on you know more than what what, what, what made you so you have the night of life program that's that's quite feminine isn't it yeah so what, what was the what was the reason for you to firstly go I want to make a change secondly why did you decide that um, firstly I think I'd gone up a couple of sizes I was I was I was quite into my clothes back then um, suits and stuff like that um, so I'd gone up a couple of sizes I'd noticed you know putting a bit too much weight on here I'd seen myself in a couple of photos um, and I was like yeah so my mum was actually on the Light of Life programme as well and she'd done really well she lost um, I think about five stone looks amazing um, I'd recently divorced my dad so it was kind of that kind of you know spur to kind of lose some weight for her uh, and I was like yeah this that's pretty good actually look how fast she's lost it she looks amazing um, me and her, another friend of mine who is also a publican so was also had the same kind of lifestyle as me we both went to do it did it for I think it was about three weeks uh, three or four weeks I lost a stone but then it just comes back on like I probably put it back on in a week week and a half max um, yeah it was it, and it was a feminine thing but at the same time there was, there was quite a few group of, group of guys there um, but like I say trying to get into the mindset of why you're overweight it was good um, but it probably wasn't aimed at men so it kind of missed the target a little bit so so yeah so I, that weight came back on the pub folded and I uh, had to move back in with my mum which was absolutely horrendous what was your headspace then? It wasn't good, it wasn't good. Um, looking back now, I probably was depressed. I was embarrassed. Um, embarrassment was a big part of it, really. It had quite a, a good business as well that I'd that I, that I loved and had it at a young age, and it 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 gone uh, tips up for one of a better word. Um, I struggled for a couple of years, if I'm honest. Uh, I did the struggle for a couple of years. I... Um, Moved to London for a bit, um, working in pubs again, working with somebody else. That was good, I lived in London for six months. Um, yeah, I did enjoy living in London. I lived in Fulham, so it was like quite a nice area of London as well. Um, 
I did, but then the company that I was working for, that went bust. <laughs> it was completely out of my control. So I was like, oh, no. So I was kind of missing my family and my friends, so I was like, yeah, I'll come back home. Um, and then I just bounced about from job to job from in, in the, that kind of hospitality industry for a few years then. When I left school at 16, I was probably about 17 stone. Um, and then when I've been working in the uh, hospitality industry for a few years, maybe at, I don't know, 21, it's probably around about 19 stone. And then it was probably about 19 stone for a good few years then. Um, and then I would say once I started to uh, drive for a living and being sat just on my, my backside all day, that's when the rate, weight really came on as well. Uh, I probably ballooned to about 22 stone, which I was two years ago. Two years? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, so, so when, okay, so you went from 17 stones to 22 stones, 22 mm. stones, you have it. Yeah. Heaviest ever recorded. I don't know whether that's the heaviest I've ever been, but it's the heaviest I've ever recorded, yeah. Um, I had, just when I I'd came out of the uh, hospitality industry and started working, uh, driving, I had a, quite a toxic relationship. Um, on the after it ended after a couple of years and um, I think that's really when one of the reasons as well as as well as changing job but one of the reasons was I just basically ate I lived on my own uh, had a nice little flat and I just there was no rule I just just basically ate any kind of depressing feelings that I had had you done that years before or was this the first time you I think that's the first time I'd really done that yeah um, even when I, when, when I lost the pub and the business went on, I didn't really eat my feelings as much. Um, but yeah, with that one I, I did, and that's probably when I got to, to my heaviest. I mean, I look at some photos from around that time now and I think, Jesus, I was big, I was big. Um, so talk, talk me through what eating your feelings, like talk me through that process, like, give me an example of what my life It's kind of like a vicious circle, so you are feeling depressed, um, you know, a relationship ended that I thought was going to last for a long time. Uh, looking back now, you look back with a bit of hindsight and you think it's probably a good thing. Um, but at the time, you, you, you're devastated. So, you know, you get in from work, you order a pizza, it's Tuesday night, it's two for one at Domino's, you pretty much eat two pizzas. Um, eating two, you basically feel sick. Get up in the morning, feel really <laughs> uh, guilty about eating two pizzas last night until you felt sick. Get home from work because you're feeling guilty, do exactly the same. Um, and it just goes, that's basically, it's just a vicious circle. It's so hard to break um, that cycle. I eventually, I don't know, maybe 2000 and I think. 2012 maybe, I think I'll probably hit peak weight, um, yeah, well, I mean I was probably about 22 stone for a good few years, but I'll probably peak then, uh, and I went on a 
I wouldn't say crashed out. I went on a bit of a health kick for six months. Why? Just unhappy. Just well, unhappy. So you, hold on, that's really interesting. So you recognised mm. that you were unhappy with your current weight. Was that at 22 stone or three stone earlier you were going? No, I would say I would say at 26. No, was it the the lifestyle implication of what had happened that made you unhappy? I would say it was. um, You just felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable all the time. I go out with my friends, have a few drinks, um, and whereas I was always previously quite a happy drunk, still am. Don't drink as much now, but I still am quite a happy drunk. Um, I was angry. I was angry. I don't really know. I can't really pinpoint why I was angry, but I'm sure that just being uncomfortable in your own body has probably played a pretty big part in that. Um, you'd go out, you'd be like searching for a shirt that you felt comfortable in, you'd put it on. It's the same shirt you're going out the last five times you've gone out because it's the only one that you feel comfortable that looks okay. I remember going to uh, a cafe and I was meeting my mum and my sister and I literally walked through the door and I was it and started crying. Um, yeah, and they were like, what's up? And I was like, I don't really know. Um, so we sat down and we had a little chat and we got down to the bottom of it that it was I was unhappy about my weight and I felt as though it was affecting other parts of my life. So they were like, you've got to do something about it. You've done it before. You know the process, um, which probably made it easier in the long run. But I had to, I think this time I had to get to the bottom of why I was putting the weight back on or why I had put the weight back on. Um, so I went to Overeats Anonymous, searched them online, was like, okay, we'll go down. Went down, Monday, Mondays it was, went to a, uh, a place just in Fallowfield, not far from me. Um, didn't know what to expect, felt real trepidation, was like, I'd, I'd kind of done a little bit of research about what it was. So basically it's a 12-step program, like a drug addict or an alcoholic or a gambling addict, sex addict would go through. Uh, but it's for people who have uh, issues with food. So. There wasn't just overweight people there, there was people who've got bulimia, anorexia, all different kinds of uh, disorders. Um, and I walked through the door and there was maybe 10 people there to do, you get a little cup of coffee and go and sit down and you have to introduce yourself. And um, I went the first time and I didn't, I introduced myself, but I literally didn't speak at all. And I think that happened for maybe the first three, three weeks that I went. The fourth week, I literally, walked through the door and I cried the whole time uh, in a room with like 10 other strangers it was, it was mental honestly and I was like I really know why I'm crying <laughs> I do know why I'm crying but I don't also don't know why I'm crying and I literally just you left for like 30 minutes <laughs> I just cried from from the moment I sat down to the moment I left I just cried um, and I probably went for about I don't know maybe six or seven sessions um, it wasn't for me. I can see how it works for people. I can see why it works, but I don't think it suits everybody. Um, 
and if you've ever done a 12-step program you'll know you kind of have to give the power over your affliction to a, you know give it to the greater power um, and I struggled with that because I'm, I'm I'm an atheist I'm not religious at all um, and I spoke to a couple of people in the group and they were like it doesn't have to be God it can be you know the universe or, um, you just have to give this say that your eating is out of control give that power to some something else um, so I struggled with that bit and I reached out to to you get sponsors so at that point I'd not had a sponsor um, but I'd reached out to a couple of people in the group didn't necessarily get the the reply that I wanted back um, and thought you know it's not for me however and I've said this to anybody who will ask that was a watershed moment for me because I realised that it wasn't just me who had these feelings around food, who had these issues around food, um, whose feelings and issues were affecting your life. I was looking around the room and I was like, there's a community of people here who all have issues with food. It's not just me. Um, and that really opened my eyes up there. Um, so yeah, so I kind of started to control my food a little bit better. I kind of, this, the, the thing is, it's not a lack of education around food. I know what's a good calorie, what's a bad calorie. I, I know what I should be eating. I know eating the right amount of portions of vegetables, a few carbs, a bit of protein. That's not an issue because I'd, I'd been there previously and lost a lot of weight. The issue was continuing to do that on a weekly, daily basis. Did you get to the bottom of why? Um, I don't. I don't think I ever really got to the bottom of it. Um, I just think I had a really unhealthy relationship with food. So I don't think you can pinpoint it. It's this one thing that's made me have this really bad relationship with food. I think when you look at it, my relationship with food, I turn to food in the bad times. I turn to food in the good times. If you're having a party. I turn to food. Um, do you know what always sticks out of my mind? It's weird. And I don't know where this comes from. I don't know why I used to do this. As a kid, I'd go to family like parties and, and weddings and stuff. And if there was a buffet on, I would literally eat until I felt sick. And sometimes I actually was sick. And I don't know where that came from. Um, but obviously, now connects that connection with food and, and good family times was obviously there back then oh it's a party you can eat what you want it's like no restrictions but not like we did have restrictions anyway but it was like yeah just eat till you feel sick and and, and in a couple of cases I was sick I was, I was genuinely like throwing up when I got back home um, yeah it's weird and so I kind of realised that I have an unhealthy relationship with food that relationship is probably going to always going to be there I think um, like I say, good times, bad times, in terms of food to make feel better. So I don't think you can, it's not necessarily just one thing, um, but yeah, I suppose getting to the bottom of it for me was this relationship I had with food. Um, so yeah. So you're an emotional eater? Yeah, I would say I'm emotional eater. Still? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's part of, with regards to emotional eating, do you think that? 
wheel in some aspect emotionally, or do you think it's specific people? Or? I don't think it's everybody. I don't think it's everybody. Some people are, uh, you know, I know some people are completely disconnected to food. Food just, just fuels the body, um, and I'd love to be like that. Um, I like the taste of food. I think there's, there's loads of people like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think a large portion of people do um, do eat emotionally. Yeah, but I don't think everybody does. I'd started at a, um, an exercise class, an early morning exercise class that I still do now, um, two years down the line, um, with a friend of mine who was a personal trainer. 6am every morning, um, at least four times a week, sometimes five, can be bothered getting out of bed early. Um, and that helped, that helped to get me more, I would say more focused because you're getting up at like quarter past five in the morning, you're in the gym for six, you're working out for 45 minutes, having a shower and going to work. Now, I didn't want to do that and then ruin the rest of my day by eating healthy and thinking, you know, what have I just done that for? I'm not going to lose any weight. So that helped. Um, and then probably about six months into, into to getting a bit fitter and losing a few pounds, not massive amounts of weight, um, that's when I came across Manby Fat Football. Um, I'd actually previously seen Manby Fat because it used to have an online magazine, uh, maybe 2002, 2003, uh, 2012, 2014, 13, I think. And I used to subscribe to the online magazine, and then um, I think they stopped publishing that then. So I'd recognise the name Manby Fat. A friend of mine had tagged me in something on Facebook. Manchester League starting. Um, what did you know about it? I knew that Man V Fat was first and foremost a website and a community of men who want to lose weight. Um, so, like I say, previously I'd come across it. I found it really inspiring because you had all these testimonies of people who'd lost, most of them lost quite a considerable amount of weight how they'd gone about it, how they'd done it, and I think it was probably around the time when I'd seen that when I decided that I needed to make a change. So it was quite a good good thing at the time. Um, so instantly I recognised, oh, my fact, I remember that. Um, and like I say, a friend of mine tagged me and it was like, do you want to come down to this? And I was like, yeah, okay. So there was uh, three of us who went down, all overweight men. Um, so these were your mates? These were, yeah, two of my friends. Uh, Simon and Ben, um, and we went down and we, we signed up Monday nights, didn't know what it was about, it was really like, if I'm honest, <laughs> if I'm honest, I thought that, if anything, it's a chance to play against people who were around my weight. Now, at the time, I was back playing five-a-side football. Um, how, how heavy were you now? I was probably 22 stone, um, yeah, 20, 21, 22 stone. My first ever weighing was 137 kilos, so it's about 22 stone. Um, so yes, yeah, so we started playing, didn't really know what to expect. I thought it's a chance to play football against guys my own size. Um, 
did part of you think I'll probably have a few of these as well? Yeah, that was like like honestly, that was the main reason. Um, I didn't really get what it was about, but everyone was starting on the same level because it was a brand new league and nobody really got what it was about. So how how do, talk me through the process of landing that? How does it work? So obviously, day so day one, it was a brand new league. We, we registered online. We turned up uh, at the Amity Centre at the time. You go into a room. It's full of fat blokes. Um, they sign us to teams. Svenny was the coach. Um, she was introducing herself. She did a little talk about what Man Fat was. It's basically it's a weight loss. It's really difficult and. Um, I'm trying to write an article for my at a moment about this, about what it is. It's really, unless you, you, you're involved in it, it's really difficult to understand what it is. Is it a football league? Not entirely. Is it a weight loss um, programme? Well, no, not entirely because we don't give you a diet to follow or an exercise plan to follow. It's basically a community um, centred around losing weight and playing football. So, anyone who doesn't know what it is, you, you, you go week in, week out, you get weighed in every week. Uh, if you lose 100 grams and above from one week to the next, you score half a goal for your team. You then go onto the pitch after you've weighed in, you play 30 minutes football, the score from the pitch gets added to the score from the scales and that's how we generate uh, results and league tables uh, and awards. So yeah, so we turned up on the first, the first registration session. I remember. So they put you in a, uh, they put you in a WhatsApp group with all your teammates. And we were like, oh yeah, I'm Stu, blah blah. And I remember doing like a, a WhatsApp group with just my three friends, and was like, don't like these guys. Um, sorry guys, I was like, don't like these guys. Yeah, I don't know whether this is for me. Um, we'll see how the football goes because the first session you didn't play, you just registered your weight. Turned up for the, the what was essentially week one. Weighed in, played football, absolutely loved it. Um, was a complete flat track bully because I had a bit of a running start on people because I'd been playing for a good few years, probably a year, um, five aside before then. Um, absolutely stormed the league. Lost, probably lost um, maybe half a stone, I think over the 14 week period uh, of season one. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. Within three weeks, I was like, yeah, this is amazing. The guys, our team, our teammates were, were brilliant. That, that, that first, like, I'm not sure about these guys, was gone within three weeks. Looking back now, got some friends for life there, some guys who we, 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 I talk to every day. You still play with them now? Yeah, a lot same, of them. Same team? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them still play with them now, even though I, and I work for Man Fat, and I, uh, I'm a coach myself in Salford. Every Monday I still play in Manchester. Um, still play with a lot of the same guys, even the guys who've, I mean, we've had guys who've lost a lot of weight, who've then said, you know, I want to I wanna stop playing Man Fat because I feel as though I'm where I want to be, and I don't want that to take up somebody else's place who maybe needs it a bit more than me. But those guys are still in our WhatsApp groups. But they still come on our team nights out. We still speak on the daily. Um, they're giving advice out. Um, you know, they're still putting pictures of their meals on there and, and their exercise on there, on the WhatsApp groups. 
so yeah I just absolutely fell in love with it and it from a real trepidation at the start to, to you know halfway through the first 14 week season absolutely loved it uh, season two um, probably lost about another half stone but got married and went on honeymoon so I was quite happy with that um, and then season three I think I lost about three stone in 14 weeks oh. just dieting exercise and not nothing extreme just because you had a great fun before yeah and now we had this extra motivation um, my fat works because it's a community of men who and this is the weird thing about it so obviously it's all bravado isn't it it's roundabout football so you're all like yeah I'm the best footballer and all <laughs> and what it does it, it, in the whatsapp groups it's great you know you put your, you can put your meals you can put your exercise on there look what I'm doing today I've just run just done a 5k or this is this is my, my lunch today within about I don't know six or seven weeks of that first 14 week programme like seriously we were talking about issues with food I was I was dead honest with everybody and I was like this is my issues with food I, I was telling people my history um, people were honest like um, you have to be honest with yourself but also honest with your teammates I think that's what, how it works best so if you're having a bad week you've got to get on there and say listen I'm, I'm struggling guys um, I'm having a bad week I've had, a, I've had a row with a wife the kids are doing me head in um, I want to eat a, a trifle um, and the guys the guys also always support you but also we also you know there was some deep cuts there there was some guys saying some things about their past why they think they were overweight and it was like we were talking about our feelings with a bunch with like ten other guys in a whatsapp group that's unheard of have you ever been in that situation before? no the only time I'd ever been there was, was probably over in Anonymous, which was a group of men and women talking about their feelings around food. Um, and this was just just guys. And it was guys, you know, strong guys, like, you know, real macho guys. And what was that? I don't think... I think it was a surprise to everybody. I think it's even a surprise to 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 Shannon the Man V Fat guys, the CEO of, of Man V Fat, Andrew Shannon. Obviously, they'd run leagues previous to Manchester. Manchester was, I think, they'd maybe ten leagues before that. Um, how quickly the barriers came down! So it was a surprise to everybody that it happened, and it still happens, um, and it's massively important because. It doesn't work as a programme if you don't be completely honest with yourself, with your teammates. Um, and it's a massive stepping stone to losing weight and keeping the weight off as well. But why, why do you think that in that forum men feel just kind of this, this kind of pull to want to open up? What is it? I think it's the team nature. I think it's the team because you're in a team and you're you're competing against other teams. I think it's um, it's kind of when you get onto the football pitch, um, well, not just football, a lot of team sports. You will literally run yourself into the ground for for that team and for and for, for your players around you. Um, 
So I think when you're in the WhatsApp groups and, you, and you're being honest and talking about your feelings, you just feel so comfortable because that's your team. That's something that you, it's yours, it's, it's unique to you as a team. And now speaking to other people and other teams, that's not unique to just, just our team. That, that happens throughout every team, um, particularly the teams that, that have lost the most weight. The, the teams that are closest in Manvi Far, the teams that go on the nights out, and you know, the guys were at my wedding. Um, I'd probably known, I'd probably known, known them four or five months, if that. But they were, I, I felt comfortable to invite to my wedding. Um, I know the teams have, have had, had, had births and deaths and everything, um, and the, the, you know, the support is there. A support network that you just don't get anywhere else. Or, I've never seen anywhere else, um, particularly between men, particularly between men. And I don't think anybody f- thought that six months down the line they'd be talking about, you know, how food makes them feel. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I've been to Primark and I've got a new shirt, take a look. And people are putting selfies of a new shirt in there. It's a, it's a group of like, you know, guys in the, between the age of like 25 to like 50. Um, it is really unique. It is. Mental health is an issue in this country. Um, and anything that gets blokes talking about how they feel it's huge. I don't think it can be underestimated. Um, I think women tend to do it a little easier than men. Men are expected to do it. You know, man up. It's the worst phrase, man up. Because men are not expected to feel it. any kind of, not any kind of emotion obviously, but emotional about how their lives are going. Um, you know, man up and get on with it. That's what we did. You know, digging, all that kind of phrases. Well, that generation, that digging generation. The, my father's generation, who's in his um, mid sixties, they would never have done anything like mental health. He still won't now. Genuinely, would never go and see anybody. He showed me. Um, his whole his, his, his high school football team from 1960 odd 11 guys three were still alive um, and five of them had died of drug overdoses or alcohol it's not I don't think it's rocket science and there's probably no numbers for it because it's only probably looking back now but yeah the, the digging generation the man up generation massive massive issues that people just put down oh well he likes to drink well, yeah well he's, he's killing himself or it's drugs or it's um you know toxic toxic masculinity violence um because i think they had the same feelings but they had nowhere that they could possibly air it whether it's in a relationship with their wife going to see somebody professionally or with their friends I would never have gone into on a night out with my friends had a few drinks and told them that I was feeling a bit shit because that's not what you do 
and these are these are guys who I mean, you know my friends are, we are really close I have a large group of, of friends and we're all absolutely close but he, but I would never have done that um, but through the football side of things and the, and the team sport side of things you are able to open up it is, it is I think it is a unique thing um, and it's only really now that you're getting things that are popping up I know there's um there's a few barber shops who are taking on these mental health things where they're talking to the customers uh, you can go and have a chat and a brew at any time I think only now you get you, you know you start to see these things suicide is a massive thing amongst men and that's not being able to open up not being able to talk to anybody it's got a massive part to play in that and it's not just the support it's, it's the taboo around you know Men and mental health, there's a massive taboo, you don't. Um, it's not talked about, so I think we're making leaps, probably not as many as we need to. Um, social media's got its part to play in that, I think. For all of its ills, um, I think social media regarding mental health, particularly for men, um, I've seen a few things in the last well, 12 months um, saying that it's okay to talk um, and a lot of people sharing that it's weird because it's probably only in the last three or four years that like I discussed before with with, um, with my dad's generation to hold a mirror up and say well you know Bob who threw himself onto the train track well he had issues well, I think it's only now that you say well yeah he had issues with mental health issues you know whether that be depression or uh, substance abuse substance abuse is probably a result of his mental health and I think it's only now that we're starting to hold a mirror up as a society to say it's not just women who have mental health issues if anything I'm going to make a wild assumption, but if, if anything, I think it's probably equal, maybe even a few more men. Um, I don't know the percentages on that, but yeah, I think it's been a long time coming, but I think it's started to turn around, probably not as fast as it should do, but coming from zero, we're getting there. And it can only ever get better I suppose from this point on. Stuart Norman Sell. If you want to hear more from Stuart then please do subscribe to his podcast Man V Fat. There's loads and loads of archived ones which are fantastic. Um, I was I was messaging Stuart last week there's a really really funny episode um, where Stuart and his uh, friends are trying certain protein bars. I highly recommend that one. If you want to find more from Stuart, please do go on manvfat.com where you can find more information with regards to manvfat also. Please, as always, email us with any questions and thoughts at um, hello at theboss.org. In addition, please find us on Facebook um, and Facebook us with any messages, comments or thoughts. 
please rate and subscribe to this podcast. It means so much to us. Next week, we've got an amazing episode that I think a lot of you are really going to enjoy. Um, it's with our chair, Jane, and we do a bit of a quick fire. Until next week, thanks for listening. My name is Paul Evans, and this has been Fat Chat with the Boss. Ciao, adios. Mm-hmm.